Hey everybody, welcome to the Dan Bowen Photography Podcast. This is episode number 16, How Photographers Can Crush It on YouTube. So we are back today with another interview episode. In this episode, I am talking with Sean Cannell, who has the YouTube channel Think Media TV and also Video Influencers. So I recently hit 5,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel and I have seen tremendous opportunities for photographers to be able to create content on YouTube and build an audience. So I sat down with Sean to have a discussion about how photographers can crush it on YouTube. Now Sean is one of the premier YouTube experts. He's been doing YouTube for a long time and he has a lot of great tips and strategies for how to grow a successful YouTube channel. His channel, Think Media TV, recently hit 300,000 subscribers, and his collaborative channel with Benji Man TV called Video Influencers also has over 150,000 subscribers to date. So Sean and I talked about some strategies for how to get videos ranked in search, and how to get them noticed, and how to create content that people are actually searching for to sort of reverse engineer your success. We also talk about the pitfalls of vlogging as a strategy to grow a YouTube channel and talk about some alternative strategies that can be more successful than simply vlogging alone. We also discuss Video Ranking Academy, which is Sean Cannell's course on how to create video content that ranks in search. And if you want to learn more about this course, there is a free masterclass that he teaches at tubemasterclass.com and that's linked up in the show notes. Without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Sean Cannell. Yeah, Dan, thank you so much. Pumped to be here uh, live and also on the podcast. And yeah, uh, my passion is to help people build their influence with online video and YouTube. And I got started in video in 2003. So I've been doing this for over uh, 15 years. And I got started in my local church. And my youth pastor like handed me a camera and Adobe Premiere, which I still edit on today. And he said, hey, start making video announcements. And Dan, I do not want anybody to see those. I, I hope nobody sees <laughs> the videos I was making in 2003, but, but everybody starts somewhere, right? And that was yeah. when I started. And what was cool was I started doing weekly videos for our youth ministry. So that's 52 videos a year. And then eventually yeah. the lead pastor was like, hey, can you do these on Sundays too? That's 104 videos a year. And that was before YouTube even started because YouTube started in 2005. Mm -hmm. And so I, it was then that I was getting my hands on the content. I learned the discipline of putting out consistent content, things like that. And uh, fast forward, I started a media business in 2009, Clear Vision Media, doing a lot of photography, video, videography, um, stuff for small businesses, doing commercials. And then I did mostly client work for a few years, working with some YouTubers, authors, speakers, experts, helping them with video marketing and YouTube. And it's only been in the last two years that I have been going all in, kind of on my own personal brand, helping people get similar results, helping them crush on YouTube on a channel called Think Media TV. That's all about the tips and the tools for building your influence with online video, whether that's the strategy side or what camera, what lighting, mm -hmm. what microphone, and then a project called Video Influencers that I co-founded with um, Benji Travis, where we interview video influencers on a weekly basis and share more on the marketing, how to build your influence with YouTube um, kind of side of things. So that's what we've been up to lately. That's great. So I want to talk a bit about the, the beginnings of uh, think media TV and how you sort of grew it from being something that you were doing as like a part-time thing into now your, your full-time 
business or an outlet for your full-time business. Um, so let's take a step back for a couple of years. Uh, where were you at at the time when you were just starting out the channel and what were some of the things that you were doing in the beginning? Yeah, so Think Media started in 2010 and it actually started as like number like 15 on the list of priorities. And so mm -hmm. I was working on another channel with a, a friend we're in North Seattle at the time. It was called Think International. And that's actually why it was called Think Media. Think International was actually a channel in the faith space about leadership, interviewing mm -hmm. a lot of kind of like nonprofit leaders and faith leaders. And and then I, but as we were producing that content, and as I had just invested in a bunch of gear, in fact, the way I started Clear Vision Media was I got a loan. I got this loan from this website called prosper.com. And it was during the DSLR revolution. And I was like, man, the 5D Mark II is so expensive, but the 7D came out. And I was like, mm. whoa, I could grab this for like 1500 bucks and start you know, creating these insanely awesome looking videos that look so much better than camcorders look. And so mm -hmm. I just got all that gear and that's kind of probably a tip for people who've been watching. I know you help people with photography is like when you are already in this space and you've already spent all this money on lenses and cameras and things like that, I just was like, I knew uh, about YouTube and I also knew about affiliate marketing where mm -hmm. if you talk about a product in a video, I just bought this expensive camera and I linked to it in the description and someone clicks that link and makes a purchase, I get a small uh, percentage and a small commission. So even though it was like way down on our list, I did start the YouTube channel as a place to talk about gear mostly. So think media um, and we we're talking about cameras and just the stuff that I was using. And I was also able to share tips because I was using it to shoot wedding videos, to shoot biz uh, videos for businesses. So mm -hmm. that's when it started, but it was completely not a priority. And I just sort of dabbled in it over the years, worked on other projects, uh, worked for a lot of clients. And I did notice though that it, it continued to grow because there was a lot of interest around these things. I used to yeah. use a thing called a cam caddy. And um, that was, that's a popular, a lot of these old videos are actually pretty popular. I remember I got Nikon uh, lenses, old Nikon manual or Nikkor, you know, manual lenses. Mm -hmm. And I got this photodiox converter. And so I reviewed that. That was a really popular video about how you could just, you know, get these 1.4 or 2.8 prime lenses that look awesome and use them with your newer Canon DSLR. So just as I was learning stuff and doing it myself, I was putting it there and that actually grew the, grew the channel to about 16,000 subscribers, um, which was not huge, but this is kind of on the side by October, 2015. And then in October, 2015, it was a crazy month because at that time I, we had done jobs and I had been a marketing director at a church and a lot of things. But in this season, I was full-time client work and freelancing. That's what I was doing mm -hmm. the most. And that was probably making up 80 to 90% of our income. And YouTube was bringing in a few hundred dollars a month though on the side, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And I think watching, there's such a potential to make that kind of money. Like that's very practical for people and we can come back to that. But what happened was in one month, October, 2015, week one, I get a call from a client. They're like, Hey, we hired some people. We moved some things around. We got to let you go. Week two, I only had three main clients. Let me go. Week three, the third one, let me go. 80 to 90% of our income was just gone in wow. one month. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, uh, it's not something you really want to tell your wife. My wife's name is Sonia, you know, Hey, like this is what's happening, but it was a tough time. And I called a mentor of mine, David and business mentor just kind of gives me advice times. I was like, Hey, what do you think I should do? Should I go pursue clients anymore? Or should I go 
or do something else. And I was thinking just like try to refill the pipeline of clients and freelance work. And he said, I think you should go all in because you've been working on your dream job while you basically had a day job. Mm -hmm. And I think there's enough happening there that like, let's see what happens. So I talked to my wife, we realized based on savings, based on being, you know, strategic, we could last about six months until we, we go bankrupt, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so now it's, it's November 1st. I, so we just go all in. I don't pursue any other clients all in on YouTube. But the cool thing was, again, I had done all this stuff. I had been helping other people grow their channels. I've been focusing on other clients and YouTube. So I had, I knew what to do. I just took mm -hmm. all that energy and just focused it all on my own channel, particularly Think Media. And we were also working on video influencers at the time. And um, it went from 16,000 to 20,000 subscribers by January 1st, 2016. Mm -hmm. And by January 1st, 2016, we had fully replaced all of that income. Now it was all online. And the way we actually did that was just the Amazon Associates program, just wow. Amazon affiliate marketing. YouTube ads was maybe like a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks, but still the channel was relatively small. And then from there it's grown. We just caught across 300,000 subscribers. And since that time, I've been kind of all in just working the YouTube tips that I teach. And I like being kind of the guinea pig, like the case study to show like this stuff works. Like when I pass yeah. along information, it's stuff that we are applying on a day-to-day -day basis that we're doing this week. I'm shooting some videos this afternoon. It's here, I'm in Vegas. It's only, you know, three or whatever. We still got some shoots today. We're shooting videos tomorrow, still doing this stuff daily and it's working. And so uh, it's been an exciting ride. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's been very exciting to see your channel grow. And like, I learned a lot just from watching your videos about how to really create content that actually grows the channel. Cause like I've seen a similar thing with my channel where I've been able to make some income through Amazon affiliate marketing and I've been able to really grow the channel through creating videos that sort of rank in search. So can you talk a little bit about your, your strategy? So like, take me back to October, 2015, when you just decided to go all in, like what was the strategy you really implemented to try to grow that channel and grow the income so that you could make it a full-time gig? That's a great question. And, and you mentioned, you know, ranking, and that has kind of been the foundation of my uh, strategy online. Now it's probably important to, to note that YouTube best practices are something that everybody needs to do. And, and what I would, what I would say is there's a famous phrase when it comes to just online marketing and social media, and that is content is king. And at the end of the day, you, you have to have good content. Now, what some people mistake that for is they think good content means having the best camera and having like good lighting and things like that. And that's actually not what I believe good content is. That's important. You and me are both passionate about that. But what's more important is the content value itself. So one thing was, I was first and foremost, my assumption is people are focusing on makes, making the best content possible, really good content. But one of... Um, uh, somebody I look to for a lot of advice online is Gary Vaynerchuk. And he, he yeah. said, content is king, but marketing is queen and she runs the household. And so it's not either or, it's both. You gotta have great content, but if you don't have the strategies, the tactics, the optimization, the marketing in today's world, content mm -hmm. enough, I don't believe is enough to break through. And so, um, I was the, the foundation that I like to focus on is ranking. And it's simply this idea that YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. 
And that means that people are going to Google number one, typing in inquiries, and they're going to YouTube number two to look for how to cook a steak, meal prep tips for bodybuilders, mm -hmm. uh, how to do a smoky eye makeup tutorial, um, homeschool versus public school, and a million other topics in the world, right? And so I um, focus on finding out the terms that people are searching for and then making videos around those, obviously my zone of expertise and around my topic. So my channel has grown by a lot of videos like if you type in best camera for YouTube, you'll see my video, it's a tech channel. So those are the kind of topics, mm -hmm. even things like um, budget lighting or things like how to you know, get more views on your YouTube channel and hundreds of other topics. And as uh, it's, it can start slow and everybody starts with zero on YouTube and mm -hmm. growth can be slow. But what I've done over the months and even years is I built up a library of ranked videos that what my friend Sonny says, get you views while you snooze, which I love that. And I believe that YouTube is the highest leveraged platform online because it can, you, if you go to Facebook and you post a video, nobody watches a video on Facebook that's three or six months old. You know, mm -hmm. if you go to Instagram, you have to be posting every day, you know, on Snapchat, Instagram stories, things disappear in 24 hours. But YouTube, if you do it right, a lot of the videos that I have posted, they might be six months old, even four years old. And some of them still get 20 views an hour. Some get mm -hmm. 100 views an hour. That's 2,400 views a day of a video mm -hmm. that I made three years ago. And so it's so highly leveraged and it built up this snowball effect, this massive momentum of channel growth um, because of ranking videos. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic strategy because um, like you said, you know, YouTube is, I think you've mentioned this in videos before, like you've mentioned that like YouTube isn't really a social media platform. It's actually like a giant video search engine. So I think it makes sense to have a strategy where you're creating content that people are already searching for. So you can sort of reverse engineer your own like view counts and that sort of thing. Absolutely. So, and I actually, before you ask, I want to share something really practical, knowing your audience, I, I prepped mm -hmm. this ahead of time is, um, uh, let me know if this works. I'm sharing the screen here, but even when I was doing my business, which you can actually see this old channel, it's Sean Cannell productions. It was called clear vision media and you can see like it never grew. It was 3000 subscribers to this day, but that's actually my old portfolio of a lot of the work mm -hmm. I was doing there. But one of the things I did that's even practical for like people that are freelancing is check out how I titled this video, Bellingham wedding video, wedding videographer. And when people search that, which is not like tons of people are going to search that per se, but the people who are, are looking for somebody who does in that case, a service that's probably in the area. And Dan, just from that one video, um, I'm going to see how I can actually, did I stop screen sharing? Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just from that one video, I've probably gotten 10. Now at this point I don't do wedding videos anymore, but I, and I still get inquiries cause the video still ranks. But I've probably gotten 10 people that said, hey, saw your video, I'm doing a wedding in the area, would love to hire you by also using video, leveraging YouTube as a search engine to drive business and drive leads when I was mm -hmm. doing all video production. So it can be very powerful and very practical for people to build a photography business, any kind of business, and attract laser -focused, uh, a laser-focused audience to drive business results.
Yeah, that's amazing. And like, I think one of the things that I talk to like with my photographer friends is how they can use YouTube to sort of market their own business or to create educational content as a way to grow their own brand. So let's say you have a photographer who wants to teach workshops, like what kind of content would you recommend that they try to put out in the beginning to sort of grow their channel and grow, say like a portrait photography channel or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, similar to what we've already talked about, and it would depend on the goal of the channel. So one strategy is if you wanted to get local clients, I would be focusing on online video, YouTube, as well as your blog, your website, to of course try to get discovered by local clients. That'd be one way, you know, in your city, your area, putting out great work that shows off your work, and that could uh, have you be discovered in your city. The other way would be to, um, if you want to teach a workshop as a photographer, to start giving away really valuable and free content to get discovered and just grow your channel in general as more of a personal brand. You know, one of the photographers that I like and also um, just a great entrepreneur is Chase Jarvis. And he has a show now called The Daily Creative and, a, and, and very much of a personal brand known for not just his great photography work, but also as an educator. And he created Creative Live and some other things. But he just puts out content that is um, targeted at, at helping people. So if you, one of the most important things that everybody listening or watching should do is they really need to hone in on who it is that they're targeting and then reverse, the, uh, reverse engineer the content for that. So the difference is if this wet Bellingham wedding video, the target of that video is, is to actually get people who want a wedding video, right? So it's a different target audience. Whereas if you wanted to do workshops, you're actually going to be targeting photographers. You mm -hmm. want other photographers to come learn from you because you're probably further along in your photography career. So then your question is, what are the questions they're asking? What are the search terms they're asking? And there's so many roads that could lead to you so people could discover um, what you're doing. And it could be as simple as reviewing a new camera or a lens or sharing three of your favorite um, photography accessory tools or sharing how to get better pictures in um, different lighting situations or a bunch of topics. But what I'd be looking for is there are quite a few people doing this on YouTube is I'm always fascinated looking for the white space, looking for the low competition ideas. And Dan, there's so many out there. Not that they're mm -hmm. simple to find, but there's so many out there. Uncovered um, accessories, tools, tripods, uncovered things like people maybe want to know how to do a certain kind of time-lapse night photography, but nobody's actually put out good content around that yet. All of these different and uh, you know opportunities to get discovered that then could funnel to your workshop, let's say. So when someone watches that at the end, you're like, you know, so I hope these tips have been helpful. By the way, uh, if you want to uh, get more information, I'm going to be hosting a workshop coming up and you can then just pivot and promote whatever you want or get people mm -hmm. on an email list or just do any number of things. And the more you do that, maybe sometimes a video will rank, other times it might not do as well. But if you do this over and over and over again, I view them kind of like hooks in the ocean. If you're trying to attract a certain audience, you really want to have clarity on what audience that is, then each video is like an entry point to people getting to know you. And then from there, you could drive whatever business result you want strategically. Yeah, I think that's really amazing. And I think it's important too to point out the sort of focus of the channel. So like what are some tips that you could give to someone who 
they have an like an idea for a YouTube channel. They're like they want to start a YouTube channel about photography, but how could they stand out by creating a like greater focus and clarity on who they want to target? Yeah, I think focus and clarity is critical. And the two things that they would want to know is number one, who is their target audience? That's actually number one. So how could you stand out? Well, um, a great way to stand out is to focus on an additional distinction than say just photography tips. If you say this channel is all about photography tips, that's pretty broad and there's a lot of competition out there. But the instant you might say, this channel is all about photography tips for beginners, now you're already in a much better uh, spot. And it's very different because as you know, probably as a master yourself in your craft, you know that you're probably at a place asking questions, thinking about the distinctions of cameras much different than the beginner Dan. I, I know that I was in an entirely different place now than I was then. So you're serving a, a particular segment of the audience, but it just became a lot more powerful and it actually will grow your audience bigger than if you go really broad. If you, I like to say, if you try to reach everybody, you end up reaching nobody. So mm -hmm. if, you could, if you can niche down photography tips for beginners, but let's take it to a whole nother level. If you are committed enough to say a brand, you might just say uh, photography tips for beginners and the only thing we ever talk about is Nikon. Like I'm a mm -hmm. Nik like Nikon's your thing, all you are, and that's it. Or maybe it's Canon or maybe it's Sony. There's been some people as Sony has been getting hot in the industry and like putting out these cool cameras that are just, uh, have a lot of cool features and are, are, you know, doing some interesting things. There are some people that are branded as just Sony alpha shooters. And, mm -hmm. and think about that brand, like they totally make sense. People's like, okay, I either hate that guy cause I'm all Canon or they're, they're like, I love that, you know, great. And that becomes the go-to expert. And that's pretty niche because now we're talking about just Sony Alpha in a world of Pentax, Olympus, Canon, you know, all these other brands. Mm -hmm. and so the more that you can niche down on who your target audience is, and if you say, well, my target audience is every brand, uh, is, is photography at every level, you know, you could even, as we know, it could just be you, you're obsessed with landscape. There's a magazine called Outdoor Photographer right? Mm -hmm. And that magazine is just about landscape and outdoor. So it's not about portraits. It's not mm -hmm. about sports photography. And that magazine has a strong brand and they've niched down. So that's probably one of the best things, not only to figure out who your target audience is, but try to make it as specific so you can really stand out um, in a crowded world of a lot of generalists, instead of being, mm -hmm. you know, a generalist, really seek to be a meaningful, specific. And then the second thing is then to figure out your value proposition for that audience. So now if you know that you have a photography channel for beginners who are using Nikon, your value proposition, you could just write it on a napkin. I'm going to post two videos a week. One of them is going to be a live Q and A about uh, that, so I'll help people. And then one mm -hmm. is gonna be just my tip of the week. Maybe you do three videos. One's gonna be a gear review of the week. And now your value proposition is you're like, hey guys, every week on this channel, I bring you the best tips to get started and get results as a beginner photographer that's shooting Nikon. Every Monday we have a gear review. Every Tuesday's Tip Tuesday and I'll get, help you take better photos, whatever. And, and then every Saturday we do Q and A to help you get clients, figure out, you know, whatever. And, and it's like basically kind of putting together even a loose content schedule. So you could say, Hey guys, this is the value that we're going to offer you, you know, to, uh, give that, make this practical for us on video influencers. We say that this channel is about helping you build your influence income and impact with online video and YouTube. So immediately 
it is somewhat broad still, but actually pretty specific because we're not helping people with podcasting. We're not helping people really with social media unless it's social media to grow your online video presence. Mm -hmm. Everything wraps around this one idea and we're not helping people with blogging and we're not helping people with cooking and we're also not helping people with photography. It's, it's this one thing and then our value proposition is, hey, every week we're gonna post a tips and strategy video for YouTube and an interview with a video influencer. So it's a, it's a simple value proposition that has helped grow the channel because every week we just try to put out a good tips video and then we always are trying to you know post interviews with video influencers, people using video and crushing it and getting results. And that's uh, that's the foundation of success on on you on YouTube, knowing your target audience, and then defining your value proposition, and then communicating that to them. When someone asks, "Hey, why should I subscribe?" You can say, "Well, if you want to learn online video and you want to see an interview weekly, I mean, like you just know what you're offering, mm -hmm. and that is how you can grow and start a powerful, powerful channel." Yeah. Those are amazing tips and that's like some of the things that I have been trying to really focus in on recently is like getting some more clarity, getting some more like honed in on what the value proposition is because like I've been making a lot of videos about photography and film photography and portraits and sometimes it can be a little disjointed so like I'm trying to focus in so I think this is very useful for someone who's already like been making YouTube videos for a while or trying to get started. So, if, you know, you've seen some things in the news where people are saying like YouTube is dead or you've got the adpocalypse or for people who have like, there's no room to grow in 2017 if you're starting out. So like, what would you say to people who they haven't started a channel yet? Uh, like, is there still opportunity on YouTube if you're starting from day one, like today? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And I think that comes up though in every industry. I mean, <laughs> I'm from Seattle. My wife and I are both from Seattle. And so it's home of a lot of companies, Microsoft, Boeing, and one company that a lot of people know called Starbucks. And Starbucks is, of course, open up stores around the world, selling coffee and expanding into all these other offerings. But I remember before when Starbucks only had one store. In fact, I remember when they didn't even sell coffee from like an espresso machine, they only sold beans. You only, the only thing you could get from them was to go to the store and buy some beans. And the thing that's interesting though is, and you could probably, it's kind of a, a rhetorical question, but Dan, was anybody selling coffee before Starbucks came out? Yes. A hundred, I mean, a lot of people, like coffee was available <laughs> everywhere and yet they showed up on the scene and today then they became a global leader. And so it, it was it a timing thing? Maybe there's so much that probably went in that story, but they just came out and, and launched. And I think that's what people ultimately want to need to do. People ask me, when's the best time to start YouTube? Uh, when was the best time to start YouTube? Well, the answer is 2005. Like that would have given you the most advantage the year it started. That's, yeah. I mean, clearly that's the best time to start YouTube, but when is the second best time to start YouTube? Today. That's, I mean, that's the only option. I mean, what other option do you have? And, <laughs> To back that up is I, there's still a ton of opportunity. I was just at VidCon in Anaheim, the largest YouTube conference, and someone said the same thing. They said, you know, do you think YouTube's too crowded? Do you think that the ship has sailed? And an influencer standing next to me replied to the do you think the ship has sailed question, and I respect this person's opinion a lot. He said, do you think the ship has sailed? Friend, the ship isn't even built yet. The ship hasn't even left the harbor. And I agree with them 100 
percent. YouTube is 12 years old. You know, I don't know what age demos watch your channel, but I'll tell you this, a 12 year old is not in full maturity. Every 12 year old I know is, is still developing on their mm -hmm. journey towards what they're going to be in life. And so YouTube is still super young. And not only that, Susan, the CEO of uh, YouTube just announced that there's over 1.5 billion monthly active users that are logged in with a Gmail address. And they're watching over one hour of content on mobile devices per day. So mm -hmm. the platform is healthy, tons of viewers, there's lots of consumption happening. And not only that, there's a recent Huffington Post article that says three to five billion new people are coming online between now and 2020. So there's a surge of people coming online. YouTube is dominating. And it's this great platform that continues to innovate with, uh, YouTube TV with um, new features that are even coming out right now, new app updates. And so it is a great time to jump on YouTube. The distinction I would make is that in order to really break through and succeed, and what's cool is I get to work with so many people through coaching and through our programs. And so I get to actually see success stories of people who've started in the last 12 months, people who've started in the last six months, people who have started in the last few months and are growing, that are crushing it. Uh, but the key is, I think that if you started YouTube in 2005 or in 2010 and you were just playing checkers, you could have results. And what I mean is, you know, checkers is a tough game, right? but it's not like super tough. There's only so many moves. There's not a ton that you could do. It's a limited game. Um, but chess is much more, you know, strategic. It has a lot more nuances. I really believe that you can win on YouTube, even if you start today but it's important that you are very strategic, that if you're just playing checkers and trying to just do like the shotgun approach that people say like, be consistent, have a good thumbnail, have a good title, it's all good, <laughs> that you gotta drill down and be a little bit more strategic and play chess and not checkers, but still you can get massive results even if you're starting today. And I would honestly say for me, my intuition says, probably the next 24 to 36 months, I still feel massive opportunity. Like there is like a mm -hmm. land grab, like it's the time to sprint, jump in, crush it. You know, I don't know if my answer will be the same in, in two years, three years, but it is the window of opportunity is open now. So if somebody's hearing our voices or watching this and they're thinking about it, go all in, jump in, dive in, because the door is still open, the opportunity is still there, just be very strategic in your approach and make sure you put a game plan together, you get the best practices, you understand the current updates to the platform, and then just take off and crush it. That's amazing. So one of the, one of the things that I've seen that's a barrier for people who want to get started on YouTube or sort of like a personal mental barrier that some people have is they are very hung up on the gear aspect. They think they need all this great lighting or like the best camera. What advice would you give to someone who say they just have a basic uh, point and shoot camera to record with or a smartphone um, in terms of like getting started on YouTube? Like, do you feel like you need to have all of the pro gear or should you just start with what you have? Yeah, I mean, you always should just start with what you have because I think the other key is that in order to get to your best videos, this is something that I think a lot of people miss. What well, Number one, you never wanna compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. A lot of people get mm -hmm. stuck because they watch 
other people on YouTube and they're like, geez, they're so confident or like they've got this and, and they try to think that that needs to be their first video, but that'll like never be the case. Sometimes people say like, Sean, like you're confident on camera. What they don't see is that I've posted over 2000 videos online, not just on my own channels, like other people's content. And a lot of those early videos were terrible, right? <laughs> but had I not posted those, I would have never got to a place where I felt more confident. So sometimes people say like, how do you get confident to be on camera? My answer is like, you just gotta do it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not good at basketball, um, but if I did it a lot, I, like right now I don't feel confident to shoot a jump shot. But if I did, if I did 2000 days of intense practice, I probably feel a lot more calm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even if you're born with some natural talent, you got to put in the work, Michael Jordan, any, any star put in so much work on top of any natural talent they had. And without that work, they would have never got there. So whatever camera you have, you want to start shooting videos. And I really believe you need to get your first 10 to hundred videos posted just to kind of be at square one, like after a hundred mm -hmm. videos, you have learned so much. You've kind of learned your voice. I didn't really like how this felt. I've seemed kind of weird. And, and then you'll just be getting started. And then you'll be like, maybe me. I feel like I'm just getting started. Sometimes I watch yeah. my videos. I'm like, oh, that was weird. What's the, what the heck? We're just always getting better, but totally start before you're ready. Done is better than perfect. And then gear wise though, I think there are some important things. I think the key is people need to be able to see you and hear you, you know? Mm -hmm. Like not to be oversimplified, but it's not that it needs to be fancy, but if it's distracting, it'll hurt your content. So it's about the content value, like the quality of the video, but if like the audio is scratchy or there's an echo in the room, like that's not gonna help. I mean, if it's dark and you can't see you or there's like some weird harsh shadows that are distracting, yeah. well, what those are, those those are like actually detract, they're, they're a distraction. So you wanna clean up that kind of stuff. And what I recommend is I think gear wise, probably everybody watching this already has the camera they need to start YouTube. Mm -hmm. And that is what you said, that's their smartphone. And most smartphones these days are shooting HD video. Most of them are shooting 4K. And not only that, you also have a tool, maybe you don't have a PC or a laptop or a MacBook or any way to edit your videos. Your smartphone can also edit your videos and you can also upload them from your smartphone. But what I would recommend is that people, if they have some money to spend, that they actually spend it on accessorizing their smartphone. And I have a video coming out in a bit, mm -hmm. but there's there's a great $75 light kit on Amazon from Studio Pro that we've been testing out, 75 bucks. There's a great uh, lapel microphone that I recommend, Boya BYM1, $18, mm -hmm. plugs right in your smartphone. There's a little smartphone tripod mount, seven bucks. You could buy a $20 tripod off of Amazon. And now you've got some pro lighting, or just some lighting, you've got your phone mount on a tripod, plug in that mic, hook it up to your shirt, and now people can see you, you can shoot at night if you want to, you've got the good audio, and that entire investment for some of the things I just subscribed, we added it up for $125 here in the US. That's yeah. where I think people's money would be best invested um, because now you're just accessorizing your smartphone, you're gonna make it look awesome. A lot of times, um, lighting will make a bad video camera look great. Yeah. And even no lighting on a great video camera will actually still look pretty bad because cameras need light to function. So no matter what mm -hmm. camera it is, lighting is one of the biggest things you could do. But that's what I'd recommend. Start with what you have, but maybe invest in some things, just some cheap lighting and cheap audio solutions so that people are not distracted by terrible audio and 
you know, video that they can't see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like for me, even what I'm shooting with today, like I'm still using this like $70 like soft box that I bought on Amazon when I first started the channel. And like, I'm still using that lighting setup for all the videos that I, I filmed indoors. And like some people have been commenting recently, like some friends and stuff like, wow, your videos look so like professionally lit. Like what kind of gear are you using? I'm like the, the cheapest thing I could get <laughs> like that was like decent at the time. Yeah, I love the job done. It totally gets the job done. And and so yeah, definitely jump in with whatever you have and start posting videos. Yeah. Absolutely agreed. So I've seen one craze that's been very popular, mostly because of Casey Neistat, is vlogging. And I think a lot of people are they're like, oh, I'm gonna start a YouTube channel. Like, let me get into vlogging. Like, what do you think about vlogging in general and like that as a strategy to grow a channel. I think that it is, I'm glad you brought it up and nobody's brought it up on any interviews recently. And I think I'm excited to talk about it because I think it is one of the worst strategies that anybody could be doing on YouTube. And it's a strategy that like everybody seems to be doing on YouTube. And you're yeah. right, Casey Neistat has made it very popular. And I think there's a few things that people should be checking and, and they really should be thinking through their motivations. What I'm seeing people doing is they see Casey's lifestyle and they see his vlogs and they see the cool factor and they just think, man, that's like the dream. It, like if I could just film my life and eventually build it up and like get paid to do that and then people would just listen to my opinions for 10 to 15 minutes a day and see what kind of food I'm eating and I could just travel the world and do that, like that's what I wanna do. So how about I just start doing that now and you know, I'll work at it and then eventually I'll be Casey Neistat. And the chances of that happening are, like one in a million probably because <laughs> the sheer nature of the content there's so many hoops that people have to jump through and that's number one how big of an audience is there even for vlogging well sure millions of people but just like anything else it's the competition think about how many people want to do that and then how how big of an audience you're not going to get my mom to watch your show like <laughs> She's watching Netflix and TV. She doesn't want, you know, so like you, you have to think about that target audience. Like who's even your target audience? And then what are you going to do that's going to be so interesting and more entertaining than Casey? Now, I wouldn't want to communicate that people shouldn't do this. There are stories of vloggers that break through, but it's very, very tough. And so what I recommend and what's actually interesting when you study this out is most successful vloggers didn't start vlogging. That is a total anomaly. Good friends of mine, co-founder of uh, Video Influencers, Benji, his wife, Judy, is uh, their channel together now. It's Judy's life is 1.5 million, I don't know, maybe 1.8 million, uh, and, and they're vlogging, and it's at this point now, they have three daughters, and it's a lot. People watch them, they'd be like, this is the best, like just chill with your family and, and do this, but what they don't mm -hmm. realize was that she had a niche channel first. She had a makeup and beauty channel, she grew her influence there and then had enough of a critical mass to launch a vlog channel for enough people to pay attention. Then the vlog channel surpassed it, but it was a niche channel first. When you look at a lot of the vloggers, most of them that are successful, you could even look at Logan Paul and Jake Paul right now. Number one, mm -hmm. love or hate them, there's a lot of talent and strategy there, but they migrated audiences from somewhere else. They yeah. had Vine influence, they had other influence. So they were able to start with a level of critical mass. But then you could also look at um, 
most point is most vloggers, again, they build up trust with people and they get to know people because of a value-based channel. Laura Vitali, mm -hmm. her and her husband have a vlog, but they've built a cooking channel with lots of cooking recipes and a portion of those people were like, we'd love to see your daily life as well. And yeah. so I think most people have their strategy backwards. Sometimes a handful of people will say, hey, Sean, why don't you start vlogging? And number one, timing wise, it's not what I want to focus on. But number two, if I ever start, it would be because I've actually grown Think Media to a place knowing that that maybe larger audience is not going to care about my vlogs, but it's big enough that a portion would care to make vlogging sustainable. So I always mm -hmm. would point people to start a niche channel to build value and to think that, um, I, again, I think it's delusional what a lot of people are doing as far as a strategy, but I mean, yeah. to each his own. And if you feel like you have the talent, the chops, you have something going for you, the other thing that most vloggers that have grown have done, there's a particular group of family vloggers that have grown, but a lot of them, what you don't realize is that they're all friends of each other and they all like a couple people grew it, but the reason they grow is simply because they have collabs with those people. So there's always like mm -hmm. stuff going on behind the scenes. So if you have those relationships or you feel like you are the next vlog reality star, sure, go for it. But what I love to teach, because I also want people to actually get results, like I'm obsessed with people actually getting results, like building their influence, actually building side income in a practical way, the path of a niche, niche channel is actually not only more realistic, it's also extremely practical uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in ways of building up your influence. Uh, and so that's what I would recommend. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Like even with Casey, like what a lot of people don't realize with him, like the vlogs helped like explode his channel. But he already had something like a million subscribers when he started vlogging and he had all this path with creating films and stuff. So like he had a background, he had an audience when he started. Sarah Dietschy is another one who's like grown a pretty successful vlogging channel, but she did tech and she grew her channel to something like 100,000 subscribers before she really went all in on vlogging. So like the people who want to start vlogging at the beginning, it's so hard to grow because it's so hard for people to just find your content. Like, like what would you turn up in search results if you type blog or there's probably a gajillion things that would come up. So <laughs> it's just such a hard way to go about growing on YouTube. 100%. And, and that is a good example. You know, I was watching Casey for uh, a couple, probably a couple of years before he started vlogging. And I saw that too. He, he basically did have an, he had built his reputation with niche indie videos, like specific videos. He'd have a couple of viral videos. And so he was at this point of critical mass. So there's totally different paths. And I, I, I've gone extreme on this. I mean, I wouldn't want somebody listening to be discouraged, especially if they feel like they have the chops, but I'm definitely speaking mm -hmm. more to the people who maybe feel plateaued or even still, even their growth trajectory is just too slow. My wife and I, um, we vlog for about, daily vlog for about 50 days straight. We also learned how hard that was. Not everybody yeah. tries to do daily, <laughs> but I was doing full-time job and client work. I mean, I was like doing nothing. I was, it was a ton of work, but we also like, we got to a place where we we're getting a couple of thousand views per episode, like 2000. And that's like good, you know, it's not terrible, but what it, one of the, one of the aha moments was like, for this to be a, a full-time income on YouTube, like knowing the math, we are so far from that. So I just was like, <laughs> okay, if it, for our goals on YouTube, we need a different path if we parachute mm. like back into vlogging, it'll be because we have a different uh, you know, path on the journey. So some people who are vlogging, they might even be doing decently well, but you gotta ask yourself, I mean, again, 
like how, what is what are you going to do to grow if you've got a good plan a good game plan you feel the momentum maybe keep working it but if you're not feeling it maybe an adjustment of your strategy could be what you need to do yeah yeah i think that's great like one thing that people might want to do if they're vlogging like maybe do like two videos a week or something like one's the vlog and the other one's like a gear review or a, something that can help get ranked in search and sort of grow their audience on the side while they're doing vlogging to sort of bring in people to start watching the vlogs. I totally agree. And actually friends of mine, Sam and Nia originally blew up in their vlog because of also like creative content that was actually kind of intended to go viral. So it was, it was like parents and kids singing a frozen song in a minivan. And this was again, before like everybody was doing that. So they got to that idea very early. I think it got something like 30 million views. And so it certainly is possible to um, build a career and then they be, you know, family vloggers off of that. And they didn't really do um, niche content, but they did strategic growth content. So if all you're yeah. doing is posting 15 minutes a day, like, hi guys, welcome back. Well, that's never going to go viral because I got, you know, <laughs> but if you, you should be doing, like you said, maybe you vlog a couple days, but you actually have strategic growth videos and maybe that's you interview your kids and it's hilarious, you know, mm -hmm. and it's positioned um, in a particular way, or you do something, the latest Disney movie, you jump on every vlogger, if they are committed to vlogging, and they want to grow should have some sort of growth trigger strategy, which I believe I would, would be vlogging less, meaning maybe a few days a week and every, at least once a week or as often as possible, trying to create strategic videos that maybe not even might just rank, but like one where if they just did cosplay and you just jump on some trend, something that's happening in culture and hack that so that you could get wide exposure. And then at the end of that video, you could say, Hey guys, I, you know, I hope this video isn't entertaining. It was kind of funny. We had fun dressing up by the way, we also vlog three, four days a week or whatever it is. And so that is then a growth video that could lead back. And then you can educate any viewers as to what you do on a regular basis. Yeah, that's a tremendous strategy. Like anything that can sort of like drive traffic to some of the vlogs or the other things that you're trying to get people to go to is is so important. So I do want to talk about Video Ranking Academy, but before we jump into that, I did want to ask one more question about viral videos. So do you have any tips? I think this is something that a lot of people are trying to unlock is like, how do you go viral on, on YouTube or on the internet? Like, do you have any tips for how somebody can maybe try to reverse engineer virality um, around photography content? Well, around photography content, I'm not sure, but I have a couple resources that are helpful. I think um, if you, if you want to reverse engineer a viral video, there's a couple common traits of viral videos. A lot of times mm -hmm. they have um, uh, music in them. A lot of times dancing. Um, a lot of times they're funny. A lot mm -hmm. of times they're extreme. You know you're you're on. You have a good idea if there's heightened emotions. So either it's a, if it's a wow factor, like all of a sudden you know somebody parkours from from like a skyscraper to the top <laughs> of a building. That's the kind of stuff that goes viral because it's just like whoa. Things that yeah. are very very sad can get shared. Like oh it's so sad, but it's heartwarming, but it's sad, or it's so funny. It's always at the extremes of emotions. Also, viral videos a lot of times could be polarizing. So I actually do kind of have an example of a viral-ish, and it's, it, it is not viral, but a viral-ish video that I did on Facebook, and the, it was very much strategically reverse engineered to um, 
do what it did. And it was Sony versus Canon. Very polarizing. And I kind of went through each one. I mean, about a half million views, tons of engagement, lots of shares. And so polarizing content can be very good for um, getting, you know, noticed, getting exposure. And then the last thing I'd recommend is there's a video that we just posted on video influencers about how to get a viral video. And my friend Bryce from the Jurgies vlog channel, he actually did. They grew their vlog channel through, uh, they were at about 4,000 subscribers. And what he did, because he actually has uh, a consultancy and he's worked in the brand space of creating viral videos, what he did is he wants to get press and media and Facebook pages and even YouTube pages to share his content. So he actually reverse engineers um, how to go viral. And so what he did was he thought, okay, what would get shared in my world? Well, we're just a couple, we're just the two of us. Um, We don't have kids, but we do kind of want to reach into that. We're a family vlogger space because that's what a lot of the audience wants so we thought he thought what could be like heartwarming and show that we're like a fun family and he thought okay well what what are some of the things that goes viral and one of his ideas was puppies and animals do I mean you see it all the time you just say like oh it's so cute it's the cat videos that get shared or whatever so he actually talked uh, this very practical strategy and people should watch the video it's on video influencers but the gist is he then would look at um, blogs, like influential blogs, news outlets, Facebook pages that share stories that are heartwarming or, or viral or interesting. And he would then start building relationships with those journalists. And so he would follow them back on Twitter, interact with them, retweet some of their articles. And then what he did was he basically put together a video that was like a viral video on a platter. It was basically a news story on a platter mm-hmm. that he could basically hand to them and then they write about it. And not that it's guaranteed to, but it's an intentional strategy and it works. So he created this video of, it's like husband surprises wife with house full of puppies. And, and he just filled their entire house with puppies that he got, you know, that were just actually borrowed from the pound. Shot this thing, she's like freaking out, super cute video. And then he built these journalist press relationships. He, he said, hey, this is what happened. And it did, it took off. And as one place wrote about it, another place, that video got 4 million views, got about 25 million views on Facebook. And their channel is approaching 100,000 subscribers now, up from 5,000. So it, when you said, how do you do it specifically for photography? I'm not sure. I think polarizing is a, is a good one. When I did mm-hmm. Canon versus Sony, you know, it's this topic where you just like throw that out and people are like ready to fight. I mean, it's like, oh, you don't even- <laughs> You don't have to start an opinion. I actually just said like, what do you think? And then it's like, they're dueling it out in. um, So I think that angle, but in in our space, I think, yeah, thinking what are are the things that are already going viral in our space would be a good question to ask. And then what are the articles, topics, Facebook videos, blog posts from, um, you know, whoever, The Verge, you know, tech radar or just any of these CNET and, and maybe other publications, individual influencers that are jumping on, on things and then, and trying to figure out how to hack your way to get that media exposure as well as create yeah. content that could very much go viral because it's maybe po- polarizing and shareable. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I think like one of the things we've seen and I've seen just from talking to you today is that there are lots of different ways to grow an audience on YouTube. And if you want to do it, like now's the time to dive in. But like one of the things that I've struggled with is I, 
I learned a lot through trial and error and I'm watching YouTube videos and stuff, but like you actually offer a training. So if somebody is saying like, yeah, I want to get started. I don't necessarily know how to create videos that are going to rank or something, but I'm interested in learning how. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the, the course Video Ranking Academy and some of the other trainings that you might offer for, for someone who wants to learn more about this and really dive in? Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks, thanks for asking. So, you know, um, uh, number one, probably the best resource for everybody watching or listening is tubemasterclass.com, T-U-B-E, masterclass. And that's actually a free training. Uh, some of the concepts that we talked about here in the strategies, it's about an hour long and it breaks down as much as I can teach in an hour um, on how to rank videos, but also how to do a lot of other strategic nuances that are kind of based on this conversation. And so people could check that out. Totally free, one hour of training, tubemasterclass.com. And that's also a good starting point, the best way to get to VRA. At the end of that masterclass, you'll hear about our signature program called Video Ranking mm -hmm. Academy, which basically is, is just what we're talking about, right? And um, Video Ranking Academy specifically is a program that we put together. I'll read the specific line. It's a proven system for creating and ranking your videos, growing your audience, and turning your views into income. And it breaks down the system that I've personally applied as well as now tons of members have applied. We have a couple students that have already gone full time. Uh, the program's been, it's about a year old. Uh, the 2.0 version, I'm shooting it today. And so it's mm -hmm. always current, it's always fresh. There's also a private Facebook group. But we've had a couple people that have went full time, tons of people that are making side income, part time income, and really growing their uh, YouTube channels. And it just breaks down my system. And what I think people will see is that it is there's um, you know, a lot of moving parts to it, and that's why we wanted to put inside of a program. It's essentially yeah. like a, a college course on YouTube and, um, and the nuances of what it takes to get views, grow your audience, find those really powerful video ideas, find the white space and the non-competitive space in your niche, and then um, put videos out around those topics. Get them to rank and search so that you can get those views while you snooze. And so it's a, uh, we've been getting great feedback around that. And um, we, I guess we could link it up in your show notes too or whatever you think. Yeah, but yeah. Tube, Tube Masterclass is definitely probably the best starting point for people also to kind of just even maybe get a few nuances around this and a training that'll be um, very valuable whether Video Ranking Academy is, is right for you or not. Yeah, I think that's amazing. So yeah, I'll link that up again for those listening right now. That's tubemasterclass.com. And that will be linked up in the show notes if you're interested in checking that out. And I got into Video Ranking Academy recently and it's been super helpful for me so far. Like even though like I knew some of the stuff, but just being able to walk through it and see somebody else sort of walk through some of the strategies for doing like keyword research and even like how to create the title of a video has been super, super helpful. So if you are out there and you're interested in being serious about YouTube and growing a channel, like I definitely recommend checking it out. So we are getting close to time and I do wanna, I do wanna ask a couple questions before we close. So first I just wanna hear like, what are some of your plans moving forward with Think Media, Video Influencers? Uh, what's next for Sean Cannell? Yeah, so uh, Video Influencers kind of exciting. You know, the reason we started it or the, the genesis of the idea was actually to write a book. And I had just mm -hmm. gotten off a, a plane listening to a podcast about putting all your ideas in a book and it was from a, uh, a friend of mine who actually um, was recommending a service that helps you kind of like ghostwrite a book, like get all the ideas together. And so Benji and I were um, have been good, good friends since 2010. 
and we were driving in Seattle and we're like, you know, when we look over our history, you've done, a lot of people don't know this about him. He's done like him and his wife have built kind of a YouTube celebrity side of things. And he's talked to a lot of people in that space, but he also started a real estate channel called, um, I forget what it's called, but he went from selling only 10 homes a, a, a year to over a hundred a year because of a small YouTube channel that started tapping into actually ranking locally and getting listings out yeah. there and some things. So he had done real estate. He had done the YouTube thing. He'd done his own channel, mostly cooking videos. And then for me, I have, um, had done a ton of behind the scenes. I actually wrote a book years ago called YouTube for churches. I had helped, um, a lot of speakers and authors with YouTube, done some things on my own channels, as well as done a lot more of this kind of ninja optimization things. So we were driving mm -hmm. and we we're like, you know, I was like, what if we wrote a book? Like we have all this video knowledge, whether on the business side, the personal brand side, the YouTuber side, like what if we could combine our, our knowledge into something and this is how we could do it. Like we, we could work with this company. We just pay them money. They'll interview us. They'll can, you know, put all our ideas together and we can make like this resource that could help people really get results with video yeah. based on our combined over 20 years of experience on this. And so, that was the original idea. But then once we actually had already like jumped into it, we're like, all right, let's do it. I was like, you know, I know I've helped authors launch books. I've launched books for other people before. I was like, even though you've got your kind of YouTube audience and even though some people follow me, people don't know us for this though. We haven't built a brand around this yet. So let's like stop the book and try to see if we can build a YouTube channel as well as see if this stuff works. Like, hey, what do we, do we even know? Like, do we know this stuff works? Mm -hmm. and that's actually why we started the Video Influencers YouTube channel two years ago, and we completely put the book in the back burner. And since that time, Video Influencers grew from zero to over 150,000 subscribers now, and it's growing pretty rapidly. And the book is coming out first quarter 2018. So that's, we're working on it now, a lot that's of stuff. Exciting. There's gonna be some training around it. It's a lot of fresh stuff. and. Uh, I'm very excited about that that book and that resource and then video influencers. I think we've got a lot of stuff coming up, might maybe some in train in person training, some workshops, um, as well as our access to other, you know, people that we've been able to interview to maybe gather some different people that people could learn from. And then think media, man, we're just climbing, like we're we're just on the grind. Uh at this point, uh it's just the journey to a million subscribers. Um, we just yeah. crossed three hundred thousand. And it's growing by about 18,000 subscribers a month because of mostly ranked videos. But mm -hmm. we're always trying to put those new videos into the front, you know, just keep uploading. So I always have a Google Doc going with all kinds of video ideas. And things go a little bit seasonally. If, every, if anyone has a YouTube channel and they fall off the horse, you know, per se, that happens too to us. I usually don't drop a, b below one video a week upload. But sometimes mm. uh, I go on kind of sprints and when I, especially when I have a lot of creative, creative ideas or whatever. And so between now and the end of the year, man, just crushing on think media, trying to yeah. probably upload two to four videos a week, um, trying to do YouTube live. And then we're also paying a ton of attention to a lot of social. The big theme from social media examiner this last year was that any online influencer of, of any kind needs to be omni channel. What does that even mean? It means that you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And that means mm -hmm. that even for the YouTuber, you should be thinking about multiple platforms. And I don't think the person who's just starting should think about like 10 platforms because you'll spread yourself too thin, but definitely having a real intentional strategy on maybe one other or two platforms complementary, So those two channels can kind of grow together. So our social media strategy overall is embracing a lot of things. So we're paying attention, like you saw that Facebook video, that was a native Facebook video kind of yeah. imitating 
um, BuzzFeed a little bit, trying to take some ideas from them and build our influence on Facebook itself and also how it could serve YouTube, but also being, if you will, a video influencer on Facebook. In fact, monetization is coming to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to start to be able to monetize mid-roll ads. It's going to be open for Facebook Watch, new platforms. So I think anybody, there's so much happening in this space. It's very exciting. I don't, I, I love YouTube. I'm all in there. It's my number one by far, but a lot of experimentation on other platforms and strategies yeah. that we're deploying on other platforms. And so I think that's another opportunity. Somebody listening, maybe their move should just be like, you know, skip YouTube. What if I was like the photography guy on Facebook? Yeah. And like native, weekly, quality content was grown there. What people make the mistake of all the time is they go, but but the revenue sharing platform is not it's <laughs> not there yet. Like it's not, but here's the way things work. We have this poster on the wall up here that you can't really see, see it. Uh, how to build your influence, income, and impact with online video. That's our, our statement, right? Mm-hmm. People need to realize if you build influence anywhere, any kind of influence, income can always follow. But mm-hmm. you'll never get income if you don't have influence. So what people think is they're like, <laughs> it's too narrow to be like, well, YouTube's the only place to do it because of the ad platform. Well, number one, ads doesn't pay you that well. But number two, if you grow 100,000 likes on Facebook, if you grow 50,000 or a million, you can monetize that through brand deals, through sponsorships. Yeah. You'll also be positioned when this ad, the ads kick in and you can monetize and now you'll have this head start from all the people who just didn't get it and didn't see what was happening on that platform. And so anyway, it's kind of a long answer, but yeah, we're definitely <laughs> trying to be on, um, uh, you know, have a multi omni-channel strategy and uh, a lot of exciting new content and new videos coming soon to both think media and video influencers. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to see what you guys are doing. Like I've been, I've learned a lot, especially from video influencers on like how to grow my channel. So the last question I want to ask before we close up here is uh, where can people connect with you on social media or online? Yeah, the best place is, um, is definitely those YouTube channels, but to, to connect with me directly, I'm very active on Twitter. Um, mm. And it's still just, it's, it's such a great platform to be able to reach out to people. And it also keeps communications, you know, snappy 144 characters. Yeah. Um, but I love Twitter, so at Sean Cannell, S-E-A-N-C-A-N-N-E-L-L. I'm on Twitter, and so it's a, it's a pretty good chance that I see most of the tweets there. I try to answer questions there, and so I love Twitter if people have questions. Um, Tube Masterclass to get just some of my best YouTube training for free. And then, um, yeah, I'm just checking out the latest stuff that's coming out on Video Influencers and Think Media on YouTube, and um, that's where, that's where uh, some of the best content is for sure. So I hope you all enjoyed this interview with Sean. I had a great time talking with him and it really helped clarify some ideas in my head that's going to help with my YouTube strategy moving forward. So I hope that if you have a YouTube channel or that you're considering starting a YouTube channel that these tips were very helpful for you. I also recommend checking out Sean's channel, Think Media TV, and also Video Influencers. Now, if you've been enjoying the podcast episode, I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and write a review for the Dan Bowen Photography Podcast. Reviews are really helpful in giving me valuable feedback on the show, what things can be improved, and it also helps iTunes 
rank it better in its search algorithms so that it makes the podcast more discoverable. So again, if you love this show, I would appreciate if you leave me a review in iTunes. So we'll see you soon, folks. This has been another episode of the Dan Bullen Photography Podcast. Peace.